Let us pray. Gracious God, who loves us more than we can ask for or imagine, send your Holy Spirit to be here with us so that only your word may be spoken and so that only your word may be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. I want to start my sermon today with a bit of a story. It's a story about a priest named Mark Nickel. Mark was one of my dad's priests in the Diocese of Southwestern Virginia, though he wasn't actually serving there in the geographic bounds of the diocese because he was a missionary in Sudan. Mark spent the greater part of the last 20 years of his life in Sudan, going there initially in 1981 to teach at the Bishop Gwynn College, an Anglican Episcopal school there. Along the way, he felt that call to priesthood, and so he ended up returning stateside for some coursework and to get ordained. And then he returned back to Sudan as a priest. Now, if you know much about Sudan, you know it is an area that has had much conflict. And Mark, and eventually that um, a civil war, and now there's actually two countries, Sudan and South Sudan. And Mark was there in the southern part of Sudan, what is now South Sudan. And um, Mark said that when he first got there in 1981, and the first few years he was there, it was a relatively peaceful experience for him. But then when he returned after ordination, he said that things had changed, and it was much more violent, and he wasn't really quite sure what he was doing there. But he continued on. And then in 1987, um, in the middle of the Civil War, um, the people there had been warned, apparently, that this is very dangerous and you should go, and they didn't. And so Mark and his colleagues, one night in the middle of the night, the college was attacked and, and the people there were captured. And Mark and his colleagues were required, forced to march 150 miles in 13 days. A very strenuous and dangerous journey. Dangerous um, because the journey by itself, going that far in that climate, um, would have been dangerous, but also the situation of being in a war and the dangers of that. Eventually, they, they, they did um, kind of make it safely to their journey and then were exiled and he had to spend several years away from the country before he returned again in the early 90s. During that march, one of the commanders asked him, why hadn't you left? They had warned them, this was dangerous, why hadn't you left? And Mark uh, came up with an answer in the moment. He wasn't really sure, but here he was talking to this, uh, this commander, this military man, and he gave an answer um, that designed to try and, try and keep himself safe. Um, and he said, a soldier does not easily leave his post, and so I couldn't uh, easily leave mine. And that was a really good answer in that moment for that uh, military commander. He seemed very satisfied with that answer. And so Mark thought that was good in the moment, but it was not an answer that really satisfied Mark um, as kind of really being the real reason for his being there, his continued being there. And he, he struggled with it. He wasn't really sure himself. And he kind of worked out that question in some of his writings. And I want to share with you a part of the answer that he eventually came up with. He said, though I might be awkwardly labeled a missionary, as if I were taking something to Sudan 
or doing something to or for its people, I knew that in reality, my primary purpose was going to be in encountering facets of the spiritual, the divine, hitherto very rare in my experience. While there is no question that some refraction of the Christ is to be met in every human community, every society, every culture, it seemed as if these small incarnations were an almost daily occurrence during my years in Sudan. There was no encounter, no event, which did not possess its spiritual dimension, revealing something of the presence and nature of God. Why do I share the story of Mark with you? I share this story because in the question of Mark's experience, in his answer, we find an illumination, a refraction of this gospel that we hear today. Our gospel today is the parable of the sheep and the goats. And Jesus says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was injured and you bound me up. I was naked and you clothed me. I was a prisoner and you visited me. Christ is in other people. We often talk about ourselves as the body of Christ. We are Christ and we are Christ's hands in the world and all that's good and true. But this gospel flips that idea on its head and says we encounter Christ in the other. And that is the same idea that Mark is getting at here in the gospel, in, in his, uh, his work. Same idea as in the gospel. As he, though he might be seen by some people, as missionaries often are, some trying to bring something, doing something good for someone else. Um, he says that the real thing was that he was there to encounter the Christ in them. Flipping that idea of what he was meant to be doing on its head in a Christ-like way. It's the same for us. We have the chance to encounter Christ every day, to have these small incarnations. And we do that primarily through service, through feeding the hungry and giving drink to the thirsty, and giving clothes to those who are naked and binding up the sick and welcoming the stranger and in visiting the prisoner. Christ is there in other people. Our job is to try and see that Christ and to serve that Christ. When we do ministries like the Saturday Breakfast, yes, we are doing good and helping feed people who are hungry. We are following Jesus' command to love our neighbor. We are being Christ's body, um, feeding just as Jesus fed. Yes, all that is true. But it goes deeper than that. In every single one of the guests that we serve, we are encountering Christ. Now, all this is much harder now with the physical distance, much more distant from it. And yet, 
it's no less true in the acts that we are doing to try and protect our neighbor in wearing our masks and keeping our physical distance to the greatest extent that we can we are serving the Christ in them and so my friends in Christ I encourage you to start looking for Christ look for the Christ out there in the world it's not about trying to do something for somebody else as if you have everything and they have nothing. It's about seeing that they are a gift and they have a gift to offer you. And that gift is Christ's very presence, the, the divine, the spiritual, which maybe for some of you is very rare, just as Mark said. And yet it's there. Jesus, the Christ, is there in this world waiting for you to but see him. Amen. <music>